Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am Al Rodriguez, and today I am joined by a completely new host, Tony Camarena. Do you want to say your name? Because I forgot to to wait for you to say your own name. Yeah. You also... Never mind. <laughs> yeah. My name is Antonio John Camarena. I'll go by Tony to stop confusion. Okay, that sounds good. Anyway, yeah. today we're talking about uh, Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 7, Monsters, which originally premiered on February 16th of 2016. And from what Al has told me, you always start with an IMDb summary, so we will continue from there. As Peggy plots a rescue mission, Whitney hunts for even more dark power, and Jarvis learns he should not make promises he cannot keep. I mean, I don't know what he promised. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, yeah, I guess we've, we've got some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I, I really want to like know how many people actually think uh, you're a new host. I mean, sorry, I know we ruined I mean, the joke, but I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, every... It's like, it's the comic thing. Every issue, or in our case, episode, is someone's first episode, so... That's true. This must be confusing and slightly uh, boring to most of our hosts. Also, when you preempted, you told me after I say my name to pause. Oh. Not before I say my name. Oh, that explains why... <laughs> You said what? some things that confused me after I said that. Oh, okay. Well, I yes. messed up. <laughs> okay. I just didn't want what? you to start talking. That explains why you also started talking right after. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was like, okay, never mind. Hmm. Stop looking behind the curtains, audience. <laughs> uh, this is why I don't plan jokes as often as I, as I do. Yeah. <laughs> that and the laziness. Right. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Hmm. Um, first storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney Frost holds a press conference about her husband and other members of the council's deaths quote unquote deaths Peggy and Susa do not buy it for a moment they also figure that Frost is holding Dottie alive I realized after I said deaths and I put the finger quotes up in the air this is an audio show and people probably can't see my finger quotes so I had to go <laughs> back and say quote unquote deaths <laughs> <laughs> So I like how Frost went with the really dramatic telling of how he died. And she definitely went with, and he died last night at midnight. I know. If he if it's a boat with all these people and she was obviously not there, how did she know it was exactly midnight? Oh. Open holes in her excuse. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, also, there were a lot of people at that fundraiser the previous night. Are they assuming none of them are going to talk about how all these council members were there? Well, no, they they went out afterwards. Oh, they went out after oh, okay. the fundraiser, I'll... right? And well, okay, I guess. Well, then again, hmm, I guess what time did that yeah. happen? Is the other question, huh? Maybe it's like they left at midnight, and that's what she was saying. Oh, okay. That that would make sense. Yeah, then be like, I definitely saw those guys at nine fifty seven go in the big room, and no one came out. They must have a, a secret passage to their boat. <laughs> you know, when you have that much money, I would just assume yes, there are secret passages in the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me of um, 
the excuse for the death of Obadiah Stane that they were going to use before Tony Stark said, "I am Iron Man," was <laughs> it was it was the um, was it those solo planes or those little planes have such poor um, safety records? The Cessnas, I think he said. Did he say Cessna? Yeah, I think so. I always imagine that one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure if he's well. It doesn't matter. But yeah, they use the same. They use the same style of excuse. Just like yeah, he went. He's a rich guy. He went to do this stupid thing in a stupid time, and died. I mean, I wouldn't question it, honestly. No. Um, the other note I have for this section is uh, Peggy and Sousa, they don't believe Dottie's dead until they see a body. And I was like, that's a really good uh, way to live if you live in a comic book universe. <laughs> that's right. For all they know, Captain America's still alive somewhere. I know. Don't be oh. ridiculous. Oh, okay, that's true. That's true. He fell into the ice. No one can survive falling into the ice. That's true. Yeah. Alright, uh, do you have anything else for this section, or are we ready to move on? No, no, I'm I'm good to go on. All right. Vernon and Dottie have an interesting conversation. They both share a little bit about their past, but not much else. Even though Master has the torture implements, Dottie is in complete control. After failing to get answers with Truth Serum, Whitney Frost comes to speak with Masters. Frost redirects Vernon to go find the uranium rods that Team Carter stole while she goes to talk to Dottie. Frost uses uh, dark matter to torture Dottie, who finally cracks. She tells Frost everything, and Frost takes the tracker necklace to set a trap. So, uh, we start off with um, Vernon Masters like telling Dottie he he was the one to interrogate uh, Ilse Koch. Um, he talks about this Nazi woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked her up. Do you know who she is? No, I didn't. She or, is a messed up Nazi woman, which most oh. Nazi people are. But yeah, he she was. I I'm not sure. They might have talked about a little bit about it in the show. But she was the wife of a guy who ran a concentration camp, and she would pick out uh, Jewish people with interesting tattoos to get them cut off so she could have them as a collection. Ah, yeah. Um, she, yeah, she's not, not, not a cool person. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, Masters will be probably very saddened to know, assuming he even survives this year. Um, the next year, she gets a reduced sentence and, um, doesn't get, uh, executed. She stayed in prison for most of her life. And then eventually got out. Oh, so he just tortured her for fun then? Well, yeah, I mean, she still went to jail. And it was probably... <laughs> she got caught after the war. So I'm not sure why he would torture and interrogate her. Hmm. But maybe just for fun. Maybe that's what Vernon Masters did. Okay. I mean, it, it sounded like in this scene that, you know, torture was a, a thing he does. So yeah. maybe. Yeah. He's a fun guy. Yeah. Speaking of fun, Dottie, also in this scene, um, really turned up the creepy and it mm-hmm. worked. It it got me, yeah. Yeah. And we always talk about Agent Carter being like 
the campiest or silliest tone of the MCU we've covered so far. Uh-huh. Mostly because we haven't reached Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> but <laughs> um, this is a much more serious scene than uh, what I'm about to talk about. But it reminds me of Black Widow's introduction in The Avengers, where she's tied to a chair, being interrogated and threatened, yet she's in complete control. Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean... That's exactly what Dottie is basically saying, right? Like, yeah, I've done all this stuff to myself. You're not going to actually get any information out of me. Um, mm-hmm. And she uses real life examples. That's the key to a good storytelling yep. examples. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she. Does she have fake teeth? Is that what we're saying? I she... I guess so. Maybe, maybe she only pulled out some of her teeth. I mean, maybe they're not all. Only teeth. the wisdom teeth that she doesn't really need. Mm. Okay. That makes I mean,. Sense. Have you had your wisdom teeth out? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately. So we we both know to take out your own wisdom teeth. I mean, it makes you pretty, pretty badass or stupid, one or the other. <laughs> Definitely one of the two. And I consider myself stupid for not paying the extra amount of money to be knocked out. I was awake. Oh, mine were impacted. They never broke the surface. I had to actually have oral surgery. So they knocked oh. me out. It was nice. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Although, not pro taking drugs recreationally, but if I knew what drug they gave me right before the surgery, I'd be on that. <laughs> it was like the best I've ever felt in my life. I don't know what drug it was. Because oh. I was 16 or 15 when I got them out, and I wasn't. Well, I probably. most Some 15 year olds would care what drugs they're on. I just took whatever the doctor gave me. <laughs> well, hey, it worked. Yep. And luckily, I didn't care enough to become an addict. So. Bonus points. (laughs) (laughs) So, after that little section, you said uh, uh, Frost shows up. And she also starts torturing, um, torturing Dottie in that scene. So, she can use her power. Like, she can control her powers for torture now. It's not just eat people alive i guess i mean is she like maybe she can like she can control last episode we saw she can control who she absorbs right Uh uh-huh maybe she can control how much she absorbs and like it's tearing apart like the inside of her mouth and stuff like like slowly absorbing her that's pretty dark but Okay, so it's still doing actual permanent damage, or maybe not permanent, but it's doing actual damage. Like if yeah. Dottie was being hit or something, right? So Yeah, I mean, I guess. We haven't seen any any power other than absorption from her. So I figure it's some a type of absorption. Okay. Yeah. Like a bounty. She's the bounty of supervillains. She's a quicker pick ripper. She just absorbs more than most. and she can also control how much she absorbs Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah that's a cool feature yep so um dotty's obviously freaked out by this for good reason Mm -hmm. um being the mcu is this the first like superpower she's run into i mean like mind control the way the hypnotism is a superpower, but like you can 
kind of like talk it off like it's not really a superpower he just has a skill but this is like the first legit superpower she's run into yeah i i mean i would say yeah i, I mean unless we ever learn otherwise but statistically it's probably the first one she has ever come across maybe even the only one she actually knows of yeah i mean like there aren't a lot of superpowered people back then i mean cap's gone red skull's gone and they're they have punchy powers so being super is like not as obvious how much did people know about the red skull do you think they knew about his extra toughness i'm i don't know if it's like general knowledge but she was a spy for the russians so i bet they knew she knew a little more than the average person okay yeah all right so then yeah so probably this is probably her her first power that she witnessed yeah and you know what this is the first time she definitely at least i mean not sure she could beat Peggy, but she can actually put up a fight to Peggy. There's no fight you could put up to Whitney at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We also see um, the darkness is making Whitney like more impulsive and angry. It's taking control of her emotions, at least. Or she's losing it a little bit. Yeah. She, you know, as every episode, she's a lot more um, rage-filled. Yeah, what were you I saying? guess rage feels. A, I said crazy, but rage filled also appropriate. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um. After these friendly interrogations, is there anything else, or should we move on? <laughs> move off from uh, friendly interrogations. Yeah, I'm. I'm good to, friendly, to leave this. Friendly conversations. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Anna Jarvis and Wilkes work on the containment capsule as his time runs short. Jarvis fixes the transponder to Dottie's necklace, but Wilkes says Wilkes says he thinks they are wasting time and they should just kill her. Later, they try the containment unit and it works. Soon they get a signal from Dottie's necklace saying she is in the Santa Clarita Valley. So, my first notice is like, the fact that the Jarvises, the two of them, are doing most of the work shows there is no Stark Industries. It's just Tony, Anna, and Jarvis. <laughs> it, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, the the more I watch these episodes and think about that line that there is no Stark Industries yet, like, yeah, it it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. We see later in this episode that like, there are all these plans. It's like this. Is Howard just builds this stuff all by himself, and then eventually he sells it to people, and then hires people for reasons. I guess, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember. Was it this episode where Jarvis does something, and then uh, and then he says that uh, he uh, he picked up some electrical engineering stuff from Stark? Yeah, that that, that's actually okay. this section because oh, he's perfect. um, yeah, he fixes the transponder. Oh, okay. That's what it was. All right. I couldn't remember what it was he was he was working on. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. He he mentions that, and Peggy has a really nice comeback, saying, "Oh, you didn't. Luckily, you didn't pick up the clap." So I kind of wonder <laughs> if she's had that one in her uh, in her back pocket for a while, just waiting to say it. 
<laughs> is she, is she implying that Jarvis sleeps around, or that Anna is sleeping with Howard? I think she's just implying that Stark gets around, and he just exudes this aura. <laughs> exudes this aura of STDs. Yeah. I believe we, it. Yeah, I mean, we've never seen Carter get very close to Stark, right? There's always, you know, a, an arm's length distance between the two. That, that's fair, but I think as a woman, you have to keep that far away. Just make sure Stark doesn't tackle you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It was the 40s. Yeah. Yep. Alright. Um, we also see that the darkness is like affecting Wilkes because he wants to straight up murder somebody. Something we haven't seen earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just says blow up what blow up her head, basically. Just use the uh explosion in her necklace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blow her up. <laughs> yeah. Um also possibly picking up some stark tendencies as soon as the machine turns on and he becomes tangible um he kisses peggy i <laughs> surprised peggy didn't punch him in the face honestly <laughs> uh, yeah i i mean yeah, yeah I, I got nothing i i agree <laughs> <laughs> um and then my last note for this section um, at le later we see a chair in there, but there's no bed. There's nothing. Is he just like, is he stuck in there? Supposedly stuck in there until he gets a cure. If what happens later doesn't happen. That's is a good he never point. To lay down? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, maybe this was the experimental one and they, they were going to build like a, a bigger one, maybe with like a room or something. Yeah. I mean, kind of like, um, ghosts uh spot in ant-man and the wasp yeah yeah maybe something like that so that way yeah. he can he can actually sleep on something comfortable or maybe yeah. they're not even sure if he's because when he becomes tangible again i mean maybe they're not sure like oh maybe he will still not eat right maybe he'll still be somewhat affected by this stuff so they they wanted to start small yeah i, I guess that's fair he obviously he's extremely hungry I'm surprised he doesn't faint right there because he hasn't eaten in like a week or however long this has been. Yeah, I I mean it, it must be like uh, he's at that state he was at the time, so maybe now he's well, he shouldn't be that hungry because he had that pastry. Remember that? Well, Peggy did throw it on the ground. <laughs> that was his last meal before <laughs> <laughs> Peggy didn't know that, but he, she just threw it on the ground. <laughs> And now he's stuck eating Bavarian food. Ugh. I think it's Hungarian food. Hungarian? I thought it was yeah. Bavarian. That's going to ruin something later. All right, anyway. <laughs> well, maybe it was Bavarian food. I'm 80% <laughs> sure it was Bavarian. Okay. Did you research... Well, we're not there yet. But did you research what Bavarian or Hungarian food is? I did research Bavarian food. A lot of meats... Okay. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's German food, basically. Meats, potatoes, that kind of stuff. So, Well, yeah, that's why I'm pretty sure she's Hungarian. Mm. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. This is Just a, to uh, screw a... up your joke in the future? Sounds good. Um, she's Hungarian. She is Hungarian? Okay. Yes. She 
was actually she's from Budapest. She may be involved in whatever happened to uh, Black Widow. Oh, the, you're Probably talking not. about Anna Jarvis, not the actress who plays Anna Jarvis. Anna Jarvis on the MCU wiki. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless the actress who plays Anna Jarvis sold the character of Edwin Jarvis a tie, and that's how they met and got married. Which would be weird because one of them's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it a mystery which one, but. (laughs) (laughs) Getting a little too meta there. All right. (laughs) Yep. All right. Moving on. Yeah. I just had to make sure I brought up Bavarian food. I guess Hungarian, but you know, I'm good. Good to move on. (laughs) All right. This is a really tiny section. Vernon goes to visit Sousa at the SSR. He charges charges Sousa with uh, finding the uranium. Later, Sousa is ambushed in his house and roughed up. Vernon uses this as an opportunity to take over the L.A. offices of the SSR. So, um, my one note for this whole Sousa section. When Vernon tries to manipulate Sousa like he did with Thompson, Mm -hmm. and Sousa doesn't fall for it, he instantly gives up. This is not how you get to be in charge of the FBI slash SSR slash whatever department he is, or war department. (laughs) I mean, unless that's one of those things where he realizes, oh, this isn't the type of person I can convince with this. Because, I mean, I guess he, he gave it two attempts, right? He he had the first attempt, like, talking to him in person in the office. Mm-hmm. Then he sent guys to beat him up at his house. And so attempt number two was that next morning. Like, hey, are you still uh, looking for those rods? Like, no, they're still, they're still missing. All right, I guess I'm taking over. <laughs> Yeah, and plus he gave him one day. Well, although, Sousa did say, it's like, nope, we'll never find them. It's like, both of you guys need to play a little longer game. <laughs> Sousa, you're smarter than this. Or at least I assumed you were. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go back to, to what you said. FBI slash SSR. So we, we've, like, said this three or four times already this season. Is the SSR a U.S. federal organization? It is under the War Department. And the FBI has the ability to just take over. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, apparently, in in the show. Yeah, well, in the show, (laughs) yes. For, yes. Yes, they can, apparently. Okay. I wonder if... No... That makes no sense. The FBI isn't over the War Department. If it's a department, it's its own part of the executive um, branch. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a whole separate organization with separate rules and all their stuff. And I, I mean, yeah. thinking about it in real life, you know, here in the U.S., we have the FBI, CIA, um, NSA. Yeah, NSA. There you go. I mean, can one of them just like? take over a branch office like can can some high up person at the cia just walk over to the fbi and say i like this branch it's mine now and then they like pee on it like my dog i assume that's, that's how that works <laughs> well yeah obviously i mean you've got to pee to do your signature so you it's like it's signed off but yeah it's exactly the same oh, okay um right. i don't think so i know 
when the Jedi were going to take over the Republic, that ended up with the Emperor coming along. And that didn't work out well. So I think if the FBI is trying to take over a branch of government, a evil space wizard takes over the government altogether. That's where I... That, I think that logic works out. Okay, so it's really important that Carter wins this. <laughs> Otherwise, an evil space alien takes over the U.S. government. Evil space in the wizard. Evil space, evil wi- space yeah. wizard. Yes, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Moving that's, on. That's good to know. <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out, once again, the absurdity of, of some of the the different branches or organizations within this you know fbi ssr exactly that's it just wanted to bring that up we can move on yeah well i mean i bet there were special programs that were running during world war ii i mean yeah honestly taking the star wars out of it which you know we shouldn't but i'll do it anyway (laughs) like the manhattan project was a special thing and who was that run by Good question. I, I don't know. Oh. I will. I will ask my one of my students who is currently doing a report on Albert Einstein. Maybe she knows. Oh, perfect. I mean, all I know is Einstein was involved. That's it. And Doctor yeah. Manhattan. <laughs> yes, and, and like I know, like Oppenheimer, and probably other people. I should probably read up on that. I no. I can ask my sister who went to the um, nuclear museum when she lived in New Mexico. But I won't, and this won't come up again. Until next time we talk about atomic bombs. Next week, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Jarvis and Peggy know the signal's a trap, so they go to spring the trap, like Anakin and Obi-Wan. Anna wishes Jarvis's lo- Jarvis luck. On the way to Santa Clarita Valley, Jarvis talks to Peggy about the love triangle she finds herself in. At the house, where the signal is uh, coming from, Jarvis forgets the code to the Stark weapon, and they get caught. They're tied up in the same room as Dottie. All three of them begin to escape, but shockingly, Jarvis escapes first. At the same time, the delayed function on the jitterbug, the Stark weapon, gets rid of all their enemies conveniently. As they are leaving, it is revealed by Dottie that this was a distraction to get them out of the way so Team Frost could capture Wilkes. (gasps) <gasps> so all right so that that was a lot right there um yeah and the first thing that i want to bring up is just because it's easy to jump over um the part where mrs jarvis hugs mr jarvis before he goes away and and she mm-hmm. tells him how much carter needs him is is this like how the avengers need hawkeye yes this is exactly how the Avengers need Hawkeye. <laughs> Did, w- were you going to say the exact same thing? Because I heard like something drop in the background. I was wondering if you were doing hand motions again. I can't no. see. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I haven't done the math. And I, I kind of hope someone else out there did it. Because I'm never going to do it. But I'm wondering if this is one of those things where statistically Carter wins more often when Jarvis is with her than not. Right, how often has Carter lost? I mean, we we've established pretty well that we don't remember things, so I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, she I... loses here because <laughs> she gets caught. 
Is there another time where she's lost? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember today when I watched this episode. I actually watched this episode yesterday. I can remember <laughs> the last 48 hours. <laughs> oh, there was a couple weeks ago when she lost a fight against Frost and she got impaled. Oh, she, she got impaled? All right. And Jarvis um, was and there. Jarvis okay. wasn't with her. Jarvis I guess he was wasn't in the room, but he was he was on the team, right? It's the same concept. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm going okay. with. I'm not saying he's like, like he needs to be within 20 feet for his uh, good luck magic to work, but okay, so he has to be on the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm applying, I'm, I'm applying Hawkeye rules to this. Okay, okay. I mean, well, if we're talking about mission without Jarvis there, we've got to go with the one shot or Captain America: The First Avenger, where she wins <laughs> everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe she's better off without Jar- him. Yeah, I mean, the couple times she's lost have been Jarvis involved. <laughs> Man. And this one is directly Jarvis's fault. <laughs> That's true, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, the jitterbug, the concussive uh-huh. weapon, is this a predecessor to the device they used to subdue the Hulk? The big Maybe. sonic devices they used on the at the uh, college. So okay, so this the the device, the jitterbug, mm-hmm. is it only sonic? I, I wasn't sure like what other like it what types of things it does. I know it has the different settings, but the two settings we saw was a sonic setting that he did with his test, mm-hmm. and then the sonic setting when he put on delay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there is a, a sonic device, you know, like the doctor has. He likes sonic screwdrivers and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it could be. It could be like a base weapon. Uh, you know, over decades or something, they improve on it because, mm-hmm. you know, sonic weapons. That's a thing now. I think are, yeah, military or is using or developing. Or I don't. I don't know the state of it at all. But yeah. This also makes me think that um, uh, Stark is a Time Lord because at a certain point he'll regenerate into the other actor. <laughs> and we just never saw it. That also might be it. You're right. <laughs> so the Jitterbug. Um, Jarvis put in three two-digit number. Well, or, you know, six numbers in total. Um, yes. Which means that there are over 970,000 possible combinations. <laughs> and knowing Stark, he would put that amount of uh, different uh, settings? Uh, maybe. I don't know. At least 50, minimum. Yeah. I'm just wondering how many settings there are. I mean, we, we know Tony Stark likes to do things like that, right? When, uh, when Spider-Man. Spider-Man... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he got the suit, he, he had <laughs> how many different combinations of webs? How many different... Yes. Exactly. Uh, how many different protocols did he have? Uh, he had instant kill protocol, and then the other ones too, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, instant kill protocol. Um, oh, he had interrogation mode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then other stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So, so th- 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 there's got to be a good number of them in this in yeah. the jitterbug. That's something that bugs me with a uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Uh, Spider-Man builds a new suit, right? 
cool. He's making his own suit with Stark technology, but you know it's closer to the comics. Uh-huh. There, he has, he hasn't, he's barely tapped the potential of his old suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, he might know by now how to use the suit fully, the the old suit. Well, I mean, he. Let's see. It was homecoming. Mm-hmm. Less than um, probably what six months between homecoming and. I'm just throwing a number out there. Uh, six months between Homecoming and Infinity War. In universe. Um, in in I universe. Guess, I, I guess so. Yeah, uh, it's probably somewhere within that range. Yeah, and then he gets his new suit, his Iron Spider suit that he uses until the beginning of Far From Home. Um, and then he's back to the old suit. It might be a year for uh, okay for for the difference between Homecoming because. I mean that's the homecoming dance. I assume that he goes to at the at the end, right? Oh yeah. And that's usually the beginning of the school year. And then when we see, sorry for a little bit of spoilers for Far From Home, uh, no, when we see it, the, um, hmm? actually our time it comes out on Blu-ray tomorrow. Oh, perfect. so by this time this comes out, it'll be out for weeks. Okay, I know. I just wanted to push that out there as a reminder about the spoiler. Um, but at, at the beginning of the movie, they start out by you know they have the little overview of things that have happened they said that even though they were so far into whatever junior year or whatever school Mm -hmm. year they restarted the whole year over so which makes me think that it was the next school year for him well then again i I don't hmm or maybe that was the same school year oh that sucks yeah i mean i think it's the next school year just because like, from a <clears throat> filmmaking standpoint, if you're going to have a trilogy of Spider-Man movies, and hey, we're getting a trilogy of Spider-Man movies, yeah. you'd want to do it, like, sophomore, junior, senior year. Makes sense, yeah. So yeah. if the first year was sophomore, and I'm pretty sure they said that this was junior year in uh, Far From Home, mm-hmm. then, uh, then yeah, it would be about a year in between. But yeah, that's, a, that's a long time to, to learn how to do things. I mean... Kids these days learn how to do tons of stuff in video games, so I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, how many modes did we have in the Spider-Man video game? Probably just as many. Yeah, we exactly. learned how to use most of them, yeah. <laughs> or we liked one of them and just stick with it the whole time. I know that's what I did. <laughs> that's definitely what I did. Yeah, I don't need anything else other than that spider bomb where all the guys around you get webbed up. Why would you <laughs> want anything else? Are you saying you don't want the one where the special ability is to say cool joke and quips? I'm going to tell. I did play with that one for a little while, just because that was more. That was fun. That's like the yeah. cartoon costume, right? Yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> All right. Don't want to think about when we get to Spider-Man. Actually, Al, I did think about when we cover Spider-Man: Far From Home. Not Far From Home. Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> That will be the first episode we're covering that actually started after our podcast began. That's right. That was like, what, two, three days after we started recording? Yep. Woohoo! We're not there yet, though. It's like a year in in this, like a year and a half, which is really much longer until we get there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well. So the, the love triangle. Yeah, yeah, love triangle. Oh. That sounds good. Let's talk about that. Um, 
she's she's obviously maybe she's not showing it but you know she's probably concerned about this love triangle between wilkes and her and Susa, right i guess yeah mm -hmm. do you think it's going to be awkward when she chooses one of them i'm assuming at the end because i don't remember Mm -hmm. uh it looks like you know from what happens uh later it looks like she's choosing susa is it gonna be awkward when steve rogers walks back in <laughs> just like well get out susa <laughs> um probably yeah i mean you know from from what you your assumption is that yeah five minutes after the season finale uh steve shows up so mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's exactly it. I, I guess we have no idea what time Steve even went back to, like what year. Um, no, I, I mean you can tell from the car. It's like the car drives through the end of Endgame, like mm -hmm. that last scene. It's probably the forties, maybe early fifties, because it's still a forties car. But it's not too far from then. It's not like he came back ten years later. Okay. So, which, yeah, Steve has lived 12 years in the future. So he's 12 years older than he was when he left Peggy. Okay. So, yeah, he, he walks in and uh -huh. Peggy is getting back from a date with Sousa and she sees uh -huh. uh, Rogers there and she just pushes Sousa over. Like she, she kicks out his, his brace <laughs> thing that he uses to walk. His crutch. Yeah, his crutch. There you go. And, you know, part of Steve's storyline is to think of himself more than others, eventually. So, he just doesn't care about Sousa on the floor. Actually, if you pan down from the dance, they're dancing on top of Sousa. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even moving around. Like, it would be way easier to dance, too, if they weren't stepping on him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> horrible, horrible uh, people. Yeah. Alright. So I'm like, this tri love triangle means nothing because Steve's going to dance all over Sousa. Yeah, exactly. But... <laughs> um, so how can Jarvis forget the code? <laughs> <laughs> because he just did it like two hours earlier? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I wish I remembered like I wish I had written down what code he entered. Because I, I wrote down the one he it's did enter. 34, 34, 24, 34, and he does 33, 23, 33. Okay, I wrote down the one he did. Um, and I guess that makes sense. I mean, if Stark put, you know, 50, 100 combinations in there, I guess. Yeah. Also, we actually... Uh, Jarvis says that these combinations are measurements of two different actresses. <laughs> so there's only a certain amount of measurements that Howard Stark would care to remember. So that really limits the amount of numbers we could put in there. That's true, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Jarvis definitely messed up on this because like, he did it right a few hours earlier and he only needed to remember one of them. So, Yeah. And then also, 33, 23, 33, that was sticking in your mind more that, oh, it's going to be doubles, or oh, it's definitely not doubles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it was 35, 25, 35, compared to 34, 25, 
34, uh, those other numbers, which I'm just getting tongue-tied over, um, I would believe that more than the the multiple doubles. <laughs> yeah. So, damn it, Jarvis. <sighs> that guy. Alright, um, my last note for this is that escaping the ropes seemed to be really easy, and why didn't Dottie do it earlier? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, try to remember how they got it. Oh yeah, Jarvis just like pulled his leg out. Well, yeah, but before Jarvis pulls his leg and arms out, Peggy and Dottie both have one arm out, and they're trying to tie themselves. They both slipped out of at least one bond. Oh, that's right. Huh. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know why Dottie decided to just stick around. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So. There's no reason why Dottie um, didn't escape earlier, or at least attempt to. Yeah, if Unless she just stuck maybe... around for fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, after the whole Whitney Frost situation, the Dark Matter, you'd think she would, the fun's over. <laughs> That's true, yeah. She she was going to be okay being tortured, but then then when Frost did her Zero Matter trick, like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it's it's time to get out as soon as possible. I think maybe there's a whole bunch of scenes we saw where Dottie did escape multiple times and she just get, get caught, kept getting caught over and over again. Yeah, that could have definitely happened. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't Probably. know. I have trouble believing Dottie getting caught that much. Yeah, unless she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to move on? We got two more storylines. Yeah, I'm ready to do that. But first... We have a sponsor this week that we need to talk about. So, Tony, have you ever used a meal prep company? You know, one of those, like, food delivery ones that, that give you, like, all the meals ahead of time and you just leave them in your freezer until you're ready to cook them? Actually, yes, I have. <laughs> really? You've never used one before? Now, that's very <laughs> I surprising. I it wrong. <laughs> because if I'm to believe what I read online, and I always do, everyone in the world has an average of 32 meal prep subscriptions which means that today is your lucky day everyone we are here to today to talk to you about norwegian meal prep for the first time in forever this is the only meal prep subscription you need and let me tell you why they're the only one you'll need it's really good with norwegian dishes like lapskaus gravlax or my absolute favorite kaj Kajota, plus other foods with made-up words. Those are good, too. These meals come directly from Norway, frozen in what I've heard described as a quote-unquote magical process. This company was started years ago by the queen, who said, I tried Bavarian food once. It was disgusting. People should eat more Norwegian food. If you're using any other meal prep company, you should just let it go. Because once you've had a single meal from Norwegian Meal Prep, you'll fall in love with it and never look back. Use promo code MCU Rewind today. Uh, use Just do yeah. it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it helps when I actually, uh, you know, reread these ahead of time. <clears throat> use promo code MCU Rewind to be able to subscribe today. Otherwise, you have to wait for summer. It's a weird policy, I know, but we don't make up the rules. Um. So is Frozen the only thing you know about Norway? <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. Well, so what happened was I was thinking Bavarian food. And when I looked up the food, for some reason, I started thinking of Norwegian food. And mm-hmm. then I started going on this whole frozen tangent. And then I realized, wait a minute, those are two different countries. Mm-hmm. Then I had to start changing things. Also, and that's how we are. We also established that she's from Hungary. You could have literally changed the word from Bavarian to Hungarian, and then you're okay. Damn it. <laughs> I'm like, I thought the whole, you know, the whole skit um, rested on the fact that you're talking about Bavarian food. But no, you were just talking about Norway for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it just ruined that one line. <laughs> the, nope. the name of the the name of that country like when a comedian goes to a new city and makes fun of like one place and and then they say like the name of some local street or something all you and have to do is just freaks out it. yep yeah. exactly you know what we you know what i love about our podcast al no we're so professional <laughs> yes yes we are all right uh, that's why and... none of our ad partners ever dock our pay of what they give us that's no, true. We are getting 100% of what they have agreed to give us. Exactly. <laughs> in in that light of being so professional, let's do our very professional segue. Next section! Anna <laughs> <clears throat> uh, um, and Jason share a meal and some worries. Soon Frost breaks in and tries to absorb Wilkes. It doesn't go as planned. When Frost can't convince Wilkes to go with her willingly, she kidnaps him. Anna drunkenly tries to stop Frost, but Frost shoots her and escapes. So, um, I mean, we've got, like, Anna and Wilkes' worries. Anna, obviously, afraid for Jarvis, even though Mm -hmm. she's a shockingly supportive wife. She's, like, totally cool with him. Well, she's not totally cool with him doing it, but she doesn't, (laughs) like, voice her worries that much. Yeah, yeah, not not what you would expect, right? Like, I would voice my concerns if my wife was doing similar things, and I'm sure she would mm-hmm. do the same. Yeah, and then uh, Wilkes doesn't know what to do now that he is uh, tangible. I mean, other than living in this like four by four cube or rectangle for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm but. Like, you're oh, the sorry. only person who's not crazy who's studying dark matter. Or, yeah, is it dark matter? Zero yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't you think there's a market for that somewhere? <laughs> God, I hope. Yeah. Otherwise, he's studying all this for nothing. Um, well, I mean, and... to be able to touch things again. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I guess, I guess that would be useful. Um, and then also, like, from what it sounds like the people at Isodyne are, are probably the only people in the world actually studying this. So yeah. from a from that perspective, yeah, I'm sure there's there's a you know a lot of opportunity for him on that. Mm-hmm. So in this meal that uh, Dr. Wilkes and uh, Mrs. Jarvis are sharing, um, she says that they're they're drinking a thousand dollar thousand dollar bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Which, in today's money, with inflation, that brings it over yeah, up to $10,645. Yep, I have the same stats. All right. So they're yeah. just stealing this super expensive wine from Stark and 
not even notice. And he doesn't even notice. He doesn't care. No, he just thinks he drank the it the other like, night. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't care. It's like, I mean, come on, live a little. I mean, Jarvis and Mrs. Jarvis are living very comfortable lives because they live in this mansion that Howard is very rarely at. Yeah, exactly. As long as when he's around, they do the things he asks, like yeah. some slight uh, electrical engineering work or spying <laughs> on Roxxon facilities, things like that. Or, or probably worse, I know, right? Or probably worse, changing the sheets. Ugh. Yeah. Hanging up more pictures of him throughout the mansion. Yeah, well, I mean, you only need like, okay, say there are like 12 rooms. You only need like... 24 pictures of him and just switch him out because he's probably so drunk the whole time he doesn't realize that they're not the same pictures <laughs> that's true the last time we saw him he was like super hung over so mm-hmm. yeah he's he's not looking at the pictures of himself unless that's the only thing he's looking at well what they could do is replace all the pictures of himself with mirrors oh won't know the difference okay that works that works yeah all right um so, uh, yeah, Frost uh, stops by, you know, is rude, uninvited guests, but whatever. <sighs> um, and she looks at, like, she looks at the plans for Howard's stuff. And we actually see that she has the, um, he has the plans already for the first arc reactor. Because uh, it's something with a palladium core, which we know is what Tony was using in his mini arc reactor that was killing him in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... So did it take, like, did he have to wait to hire more people? Um, like, did he have to wait 30 years? Because I'm just, or four, 25 years or whatever. Because uh, Obadiah Stane says that they built it to shut the hippies up, but there weren't hippies until the 60s. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. Um, so, wait, I thought the Palladium core is what... Tony Stark makes in Iron Man 2 to save his life, not the thing that no, kills him. No, he makes... They actually don't name it. It was intended to be Vibranium, and then they retconned it. Oh, okay. And then if you look it up like on the wiki, it's like Tony's new element, is what it's called. Oh, okay. Alright, so Palladium is what was in his chest beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Huh. Well, then I went somewhere completely different in my assumption of that line. Um. Yeah, from what you're saying, I, I guess so. Yeah, he had the plans. He just he was too busy doing other things, right? Making movies and building some bad babies and then selling yeah. the ones that weren't too bad. I'm wondering when did Obadiah Stane come in the picture for Stark Industries? That's a good question. Well, I mean, when did Stark Industries come into the picture too? It's true. It's just Tony Stark or Howard Stark by himself with these two people who will never get credit for the inventions they've done. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the the two Jarvises. Yep. The Jarvisi. The Jarvi. Ah, Jarvi. Okay. I think that's the appropriate term. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, a good point. Yeah, someday um, he starts Stark Enterprise. I don't know. In the Maybe it's the early 60s. And then they build the arc reactor in the late 60s to shut up the hippies. When's the earliest we see Howard? Like, old Howard? (laughs) When does that scene in Ant-Man take place? It was like 89. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I think it's... 
was it 89 the... or 87 i guess 89 yeah i think 89 i'm not sure um and then the scenes like the videos we see you from star expo in iron man 2 when is that from that has to have been 70s i'm thinking maybe even the yeah. 60s when when did color tv become a thing because i assume that was before color tv because those 19... were all black and white right no it wasn't color Oh, well, then I don't remember those at all. Um, okay. I'm like, I think Color TV came out in like the 1950s, because, like late 50s, because Walt Disney had the wonderful world of color, the TV show. Mm. Like. Um, yeah, I mean, 70s would make sense. And then 1970, we see him in Endgame, because that's when they go back. Oh, that's right. Okay. And at that point, yeah. I assume... Stark Industries is a thing. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Let's I see. in in my mind, Stark Industries is a becomes a thing around the time that he transforms into adult Howard Stark. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think he transforms first, and then he um? He transforms and then he starts Stark Industry and that's why he started it? Or did he start Stark Industry and that was the cue for him to transform into old Howard Stark? Um, I'm envisioning more of like a Pokemon transformation evolution here where um, once the evo- like th- there's like this, this epiphany moment and then like five seconds of just shifting back and forth between young Howard Stark <laughs> that we see in this show and then the older one with the mustache that we see in the well, uh, th- in the movies. I thought we and, we established mm-hmm. earlier that he regenerated. He yeah. He a big, bright, glowing light. Oh, okay. That works, too. Either way, once the evolution is done, um, he, like, signs the paperwork to create Stark, uh, mm-hmm. Stark Industries. Um, for according to the MCU wiki, uh, the stuff in Iron Man Two is from 1974. So the earliest old version of Howard Stark we see is 1970 in Endgame. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, they built it to start shut the hippies up. I bet he opened it in like the 50s, because if he built the um the arc reactor to shut the hippies up, and that was probably in the 60s. So they were already established by that time. Okay, that that would work. Wait a minute. So the earliest we see him in Endgame was 1970? Yes, and... because they time-traveled 1970. I mean, this version of Howard's... <laughs> the older version of Howard Stark. Okay, and Tony Stark is born... I don't know, worst-case scenario, 1971, right? From what we can tell. But probably yeah. 1970. But let's just say 71. So Mm -hmm. when Howard Stark dies, that's, I mean, the absolute earliest he could have died is 1989 when we see him. No, he died on December 7th, 1991. Ah, okay, that's right. That's the thing they go over for in Civil War over over there again. Got it. And so Tony Stark would have been 20 at that age. Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to... hmm? Probably 21 because it's the end of uh, 1991. Okay. So college age. He's okay. back home from college. It makes okay. sense. Okay. All right. That that fits. For some reason, I thought he was a high school student in that scene that they show us in uh, Civil he War. He looks so young. 
but I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's call. They talk about him like back home from college because it's uh, Christmas break. Okay. Oh, they had the joke about studying abroad. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then anyway, uh, my my memory of numbers and dates and stuff is always horrible. So okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to Carter and the Jarvi. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Frost comes in and tries to like absorb Wilkes, but Wilkes starts absorbing her zero matter. <laughs> Not expecting that at all. Nope. Um. So she's like, "Well, this isn't gonna work. So we'll kidnap you. We'll take you out of your containment unit, throw you in the car, and leave." Uh, my thought was how long before he just becomes intangible and just falls out the back of the car <laughs> <laughs> or does it work that way because he's able to stand on the floor on the ground i know that did I, cross my mind <laughs> or does that mean what oh I, I guess here's the other question um does he stay in motion like if if he yes, was he is, so is it the like car stopped? Is he just going to go forever at the same speed the car was? Yeah, I'm wondering you know, something like that. But then he's in a much worse situation than he was. <laughs> yes, but somehow Earth's gravity keeps him roughly within, uh, you know, with within distance. So he's not like going in a straight line ahead off of uh off of the the space yeah yeah Yeah, my best guess was there is some dark matter beneath the earth's surface and he stays like relatively constant distance away from that oh okay that makes sense yeah i mean yeah as we say it makes as much sense as anything in the show true (laughs) yes yeah so anyway they got him um anna uh, tries to stop them and gets shot. Uh, not happy that Anna got shot, mm-hmm. but I am glad that like they established she was drinking because otherwise, if she just went out to stop these people and she was sober, I would think she's really stupid. Yeah, because she she knows like she's not gonna be effective at doing anything to stop them, mm-hmm. unless yeah. her plan was to have them wait. Like her, she runs up and says, "No, stop! Don't." And hope that oh. the five seconds that she does that, that uh, Carter shows up. Yeah. It didn't work out that way. No. All, it, like, they showed up like 30 seconds later. Yeah. So yeah. I guess if she was like, if she could just like dodge a bullet or something, she would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty close. I, I mean, yeah. she she did help. Maybe a little. No, no, she <laughs> didn't. Not at all. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my last little bit of the storyline is uh, Jarvis and Carter bring Anna to the hospital, and Dottie escapes the trunk of their car and shoots a cop. But I don't have any notes for that. It's just setting up for the next episode. Yeah, I I mean, Carter tells the cop that uh, Dottie is in there and don't listen to her at all or or anything. And um, I don't know what happened, but um, in my mind... This is one of those things where you know, obviously, the villain is going to make it out. So, Carter just sentenced someone to death. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, it's the choice between... I mean, I guess Jarvis could have went in without her. 
and then she doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. But I don't yeah, know. Anna on, on, on Jarvis is kind of her friend at this point, right? They've they've enjoyed some time together so far, so she's feeling bad too. Yeah, I'm looking up when um the trunk releases were invented for the inside of the car. <laughs> Apparently, oh, it was in the 90s. So. Oh really? I was gonna guess yeah. the eighties. Okay. Yeah. Um. Is this is the one thing I found from what was this? This is the Atlantic. No, Atlas Obscura, which is actually a website I've gone on plenty of times before. Oh. But um, they say it was uh, there was a woman in nineteen October twenty ninth, nineteen ninety five, where she was shoved in the back of a car, and um kidnapped and after that they started making releases so it wasn't until after 1995 they started making releases in back cars so the cop was just didn't listen to peggy and opened the trunk and let her out i'm assuming yeah okay then Ugh. what an idiot yeah unlike anna who was just drunk exactly all right um <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything other notes? Or are you ready to uh, to rate the episode? I've got nothing else. Yeah, I am ready to rate the episode. What are we using? We are going to be using um jitterbugs. How many jitterbugs are you going to give this episode? You know and, the and and just so that I I know, um, we're referring to jitterbug, the weapon we saw in this episode, and not jitterbug, the dance move. I mean, I'll leave it up to you. Whichever one you'd rather give them. Oh, oh, I'm going to use the dance move. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give this three and a half jitterbug dance moves. Yeah. And one jitterbug weapon. So a total of four and a half. Okay. I mean, I was actually going to do something quite similar. I'm giving a lower score than you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it three jitterbug weapons. And half a jitterbug dance move because I know I'm going to get bored halfway through the move. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you like, want yeah, to? Okay, I've lost. I've lost motivation. <laughs> you want to give it a full dance move, but I understand. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I mean, I didn't didn't love this episode. I think the next episode's well, it's bad. I do compare it to the two episodes we watch, and I shouldn't do that. <laughs> that's, but, that's I fair. Mean, yeah. Yeah. This is a lot of setup, except for um, Jarvis screwing up. This is like this is the lead up to the finale, which we have three episodes left. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I liked. You know, it, it ends with some suspense, some things that are happening. The um, even though it is a setup, but you know, the other stuff I, I enjoyed. So. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll just close it out here. All right, everyone. So this has been. Uh, season 2, Episode 7 of Agent Carter, titled Monsters. Please join us next week when we will talk about Episode 8, The Edge of Mystery. Uh, and um, in the meantime, if you can please follow us on Twitter or tell your friends and family members and loved ones and enemies to also follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind. And if you could uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And I say that at the end of every episode, well, ha every other episode, I say it. Tony says it on the other apps, but we really mean it. You know, it's always nice to to get a, a rating, you know, so just, just, you know, hear our pleas, I guess. Anyway, 
This is the Marvel Cinematic Podcasters. Yeah, exactly. This is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. Like a monster. I hate what I've become. The nightmares just begun.